The Cardinals strike gold on defense, and we continue with our offseason player reviews. And today, we talk about rookie Juan Yepes. Is he the future DH for this team next season? This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffron. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also available on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when new videos are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So the Cardinals did something special last year when they were able to, for the first time in the history of the Gold Glove Award, have five starters who were Gold Glove winners. Last year, it was Nolan Arenado at third, Tommy Edmond at second base, Paul Goldschmidt at first base, Tyler O'Neill in left field and Harrison Bader in center field. And they were a treat to watch. O'Neill and Bader flying around the outfield with all that speed, the infield making all the plays and then some diving plays, all sorts of stuff, backhands, <laughs> scoops over at first base. It was crazy. But this year, things were a little different. O'Neill got hurt, hardly played. Bader got hurt, then he got traded. Edmund was forced to move from second base to shortstop. So replicating last year's historic season wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't. But the team was still nominated for four gold gloves. Doesn't mean that the team was not good at defense. They just had to move some things around a little bit. Aranato, once again, up for the gold glove at third. Goldie at first. Edmund at two spots, both second base and the new, the, uh, new utility role. And then there was rookie Brennan Donovan out of nowhere. Also nominated for that utility role, which was Really cool to see, to see the rookie get some love and well-deserved love. So yesterday it was announced that the team ended up winning two of those awards. Nolan Arnato with third base, not much of a surprise there. But then Brendan Donovan as the very first utility category winner in the National League. Crazy stuff, right? Now, Arnato has been in the league 10 years now, and he's won the gold glove at third base in the National League for a 10th consecutive season. Every year this man has played in the major leagues, he's won the gold glove at third base in the National League. That ties Ichiro Suzuki as the only player to win 10 consecutive gold gloves to start a major league baseball career. He also became the fourth infielder in ALNL history to win 10 consecutive gold gloves at the same position. Joining former Cardinal Ozzie Smith, who did it 13 times, Keith Hernandez, who did it 11 times, and Hall of Fame third baseman Brooks Robinson, who did it 16 times. Arenado's 10th Gold Glove Award ties him with Hall of Famer Mike Schmidt for second most among third basemen. Only Robinson has more. Arenado ranked first among third basemen in double plays with 42, second in assists with 283. He also ranked second in defensive runs saved with 19 and outs above average with 15. Per fielding Bible and StatCast. That's where you get all those extra numbers. Uh, Arenado's second straight gold glove as a Cardinal makes him the fourth St. Louis third baseman with multiple defensive honors. Joining Scott Rowland, who did it in 2002 through 2004, and then again in 06. 
Terry Pendleton in 1987 and 1989. And then Ken Boyer, who did it from 1958 to 1961, and then again in 1963. Now, some Pirates fans are a little bit salty that Key Brian Hayes didn't win the award this year. But as much as we say this award is a defensive award, let's be honest. If you're a stud hitter, it's going to help things out a little bit. You know, knowing Arenado had another great season at the plate. He hit 293, 30 home runs, and 103 RBIs. Key Brian Hayes hit 274 with six home runs, 41 RBIs. And he plays for the Pirates, who don't win all that much. So maybe that was going against him as well. Now, Hayes, certainly a stud defensively, not taking anything away from him. And he's certainly nipping at Nolan's heels for the award in the future. But not yet, kid. Not yet. Brendan Donovan winning was a bit unexpected, considering he was actually going up against his teammate and Tommy Edmond. And we all know how good he is. Heck, I didn't even think Donovan would get nominated for anything just because he was a rookie. Doesn't happen all that often, but the guy was outstanding wherever Ollie put him. Didn't matter if it was uh, infield, outfield. The dude played great. Now Donovan is 25 years old, and he becomes the first Cardinals rookie to win a gold glove and the first in the National League since Arenado in 2013. Donovan joins the Cardinals on April 25th, if you remember, and within the first week, he made ALNL history when he became the first player since 1900 to make his first four MLB starts at four different infield positions. So you didn't know where he was going to be from the get-go. We had no idea where he was going to play. And I remember when he got called up, I was like, who the hell is Brendan Donovan? I don't even know this guy. But he, he came up and he stuck. He spent time at second base, played 264 in a third innings, third base, 189 innings, left field, 144 innings, right field, 143 innings, first base, 58 innings, and then shortstop, 56 innings while playing in 126 Major League Baseball games. 2018 seventh round draft pick had seven errors across 854 and a third innings at all of those positions. Often credited infield coach Stubby Clapp for helping him prepare. He accumulated nine defensive runs saved across the six defensive positions that he played, and he turned 49 double plays and had four outfield assists. He was good everywhere you put him. Now, Edmund, the 2021 Gold Glover at second base, was a finalist at second base and in that utility role again this season, but was beaten out by Rocky second baseman Brendan Rodgers and then Donovan in the utility category. Now, Edmund actually played more innings at shortstop this year. So that probably went against him. He had a 991 fielding percentage at second base and 994 at shortstop. Brendan Rodgers, meanwhile, 984 at second base, and he was very good, but he played second base all year and had way more chances at second base than Tommy Edmond did. Again, if Edmond plays second base exclusively this season, I think he wins the gold glove again. But um, again, him having to move over to shortstop because Paul DeYoung couldn't hit, it went against him. Uh, Dansby Swanson ended up winning the gold glove at shortstop with a 986 fielding percentage, but again, 161 games at shortstop. And that's why Tommy Edmond did walk away with an award. Could he or should he have won the utility award? Maybe. But I still think it's pretty cool that Donovan got it instead. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, your 2021 Gold Glove winner at first base, did not garner his fifth defensive honor. He got edged by Arizona's Christian Walker. Now, Goldie made just one error this year. One. His fielding percentage was 999. Walker had five errors. 
and a 996 percentage. But again, there's more to this than just fielding percentages. Now, the Gold Glove Awards are voted on by 30 MLB managers and up to six coaches from each team. They are not allowed to vote for players from their own teams. Rawlings added the Sabre defensive index metric to the Gold Glove selection process in 2013, and the SDI makes up 25% of the vote, while the manager-coach vote accounts for the other 75%. One of the things that's very important in this is the outs above average, the OAA, as they call it. It's the cumulative effect of all individual plays that a fielder has been credited or debited with, making it a range-based metric of fielding skills that accounts for the number of plays made and the difficulty of those plays that are made. Walker's OAA this year was plus 14. Goldie, minus six. So that's a big reason why Christian Walker won the gold glove and Paul Goldschmidt did not. Goldie, very deserving. But it looks, if you go by those kind of stats, that Christian Walker was the right choice. Arenado and Donovan are now eligible to win the Rawlings Platinum Glove Award, when, uh, one which actually you, as a fan, can vote on through November the 9th. The winners will be decided by a combination of the fan vote and the Sabre Defensive Index, and that will be revealed on November the 11th. I already voted, so go vote. Give it to Nolan. Give it to Donovan. I voted for Nolan Arenado. I just I don't think there's anybody better out there. And with the two winners, the uh, franchise has now won a Major League Baseball record 98 gold gloves with Donovan becoming the 29th different Cardinal to win. Now heading into next season, Here's what you could have. This is a possibility. You could have Arenado at third, Edmund at short, Donovan at second, and then Goldie at first, all up for gold gloves on the infield next year, if that's how the team decides to set things up. Obviously, things can change. You know, If they decide to go spend some money and get a shortstop, you could see Tommy Edmund go back to second base and Donovan kind of float around and go all over the place again, which I think would be fine. Uh, you got O'Neill, who should be back in left field next year. Two-time Gold Glove Award winner. Dylan Carlson certainly has the ability in center field to win a Gold Glove. We saw that. So defensively, this team's future continues to be bright. And we like it, you know? St. Louis fans, we appreciate we appreciate good defense, you know? And we always have since uh, the one Ozzie Smith uh, took over back in the early 80s. And it just kind of went from there. And it became uh, a defensive type of team and a defensive type of franchise. So we enjoy it. But uh, the, the future appears to be bright defensively for this team. And speaking of bright futures, we have our Juan Yepes player review today. Is he the future DH of this team for 2023 and beyond? We'll discuss it next on Locked on Cardinals. So let's talk about your outfit. Because when you look good, you feel good. And if your closet is in need of an upgrade, then... Look no further than our friends at Roan. No matter what the situation, they've got clothing that will make you feel good about yourself again. Remember that first day of school? Remember how it would be? You'd roll up and you'd have a new outfit on. You'd strut to class, head held high. You know, you felt good, right? That's the feeling you can get by revamping your wardrobe through Rome. Now, if you're an office guy, got to go into work and wear the suit and tie and at least the dress shirt and the tie, dress shirts are an everyday thing. If that's the kind of job you have and the dress shirt, was certainly due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. We've got mobility. Got to be comfortable. Four-way stretch fabric provides breathability, flexibility. It's going to leave you free to enjoy whatever life throws at you, whether you're going into work or maybe you got to wear something nice to go out on the golf course. You know, a lot of golf courses 
require the collar, right? At least the really good ones. This is a great shirt for that. Looking good is easy. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without all the hassle of ironing. With Rhodes Wrinkle Release Technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. Very, very easy. Uh, nobody wants to be smelly, do you? I don't think you do. Gold Fusion, anti-odor technology. Roan's got it. You'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable. So you can ditch all the extra expenses that it takes to go to the dry cleaner altogether. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. So here's what you do, because this is what's next for you. Head to Roan.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use that code locked on. Save yourself a month, some money. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Yepes had an abbreviated season with the team this year due to injuries, but when he was on the field, he was very productive. The Cardinals traded Matt Adams to the Braves for him back in 2017, and he just hit at each level in the minors. In 2021, his combined numbers at AA Springfield and AAA Memphis over 111 games was a 286 batting average, 27 home runs, and 77 RBIs. He was named the minor league co-player of the year along with a guy you might have heard of, Jordan Walker. Kind of a big deal. And when those seasons were over, he kept slugging in the Arizona Fall League. Hit 302, 15 extra base hits. Got named the league's hitter of the year along with J.J. Blade of the Miami Marlins. Now, we started the season at Memphis this year, and in April, he hit 280, eight home runs, 23 RBIs, ends up getting called up to the team on May 3rd. Hits 278 with four home runs and eight RBIs and just 90 at-bats in May. In June, he actually hits better, goes up to 292 with five home runs and 16 RBIs, and he does it in less at-bats, only has 72. Things were really looking up for Juan Yepes. July 2nd, he's part of that record-tying four consecutive home runs against the Phillies, but unfortunately suffers forearm strain a couple of weeks later and ends up missing an entire month of the season. And in that time, Albert Pujols takes off. You know, he finds the fountain of youth and he goes ballistic. Corey Dickerson, he starts swinging better and Yepes loses his spot. So they sent him back to Memphis when he got healthy and uh, they activate him in August and he goes down. First, two, uh, first 62 games in the big leagues. Hit 254, 11 home runs, and 27 RBIs. At Memphis in August, he ends up hitting 273 with five dingers and 12 RBIs and only 44 bats. He clearly has figured out Memphis hitting. Triple-A pitching is not, is not a challenge to him anymore. No, he's not hitting 340 or anything crazy like that, but the production, it's there. Okay, He's, there's not much else he can do at Memphis. So he eventually gets recalled to the Cardinals in mid-September when the team sends Nolan Gorman back down, who had lost pretty much all of his playing time with the Cardinals. Now, at this time, you got the Cardinals still trying to clinch the division. Albert's chasing 700, so the at-bats weren't exactly plentiful for the 24-year-old Yepes. But he gets 43 at-bats in the month of September and October. Meager 256 average, one home run, three RBIs. The Cardinals end up winning the division. They face the Phillies in the wild card round, and Yepes makes the roster. 
and he ends up becoming a big part of what happens in game one when he hits that dramatic pinch hit two run home run in the bottom of the seventh inning off of Jose Alvarado to give the team a two to nothing lead. And at that point, we're all like, boom, he just won the game for us. And we all know how that ended. (laughs) Not so good. So no need to go down to that, that, that path anymore and reopen all of those wounds. But in the end, Yepes, it's 253, 12 home runs, 30 RBIs at the big league level. Down in Memphis, 277, 16 home runs, 53 RBIs for a combined 2022 season of 265, 28 bombs, 83 RBIs. Pretty good. Pretty darn good. So what will his role be next season? Because that's the next thing we got to figure out. Where does Juan Yepes fit into the plans for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2023. We'll dive into that next on Locked on Cardinals. So besides the home run in the wild card game, my most vivid memories of Juan Yepes in 2022 will be of him following Albert Pujols around in the dugout on the field like, like a lost puppy. If you guys remember this, he, he was constantly right there. Wherever Pujols went, there was Juan Yepes learning soaking in all of the knowledge he could get from the future Hall of Famer. And that was a very encouraging sign to me because it showed that he's still willing to listen and learn and try to become a better hitter, a better player, a better person, probably overall. I mean, we all know Albert to be a great guy. So if he's going to learn from somebody, Albert Pujols is a pretty good guy to learn from. Um, To me, it showed that he's not going to settle for what he's accomplished so far. I mean, he's already proven that he is major league ready. You know, he did everything he needed to do in the minor leagues, came up to the big leagues and hit there too. But he wants more. He wants to be great. And I believe next year he will have every chance to do just that. Now, Ben Fredrickson at the Post-Dispatch wrote this about Yepes. He won't win any gold gloves in corner outfield, but he can sneak by out there and at first base in small doses. More importantly, He can be a part of the designated hitter solution if the Cardinals continue to treat the position as a timeshare. Yepes' 12 regular season home runs made him the only Cardinal with fewer than 300 plate appearances to reach double-digit home runs. His season-long 447 slugging percentage also led all Cardinals rookies. The dude can hit. He just can. And he's a right-handed hitter that has good splits both against righties and lefties. So it's not like you got to take him out when there's a right-hander on the mound. You don't have to switch around the lineup due to to do matchups. You don't have to do that. You can if you want to. I'm somebody who's been a proponent of going into next season thinking Yepes could be your right-hander, DH, and then have Nolan Gorman hitting from the left side. And then when, you know, guys need days off, whether it's Edmund, Arenado, Goldschmidt, any of the corner guys, you can move pieces around and have those guys DH on those days, and Yepes can fill in just fine. Uh, Gorman obviously can fill in at second and third. That That's just, in my mind, an easy way to look at the DH position going into next year. Some would prefer, <laughs> people who have contacted this particular podcast would prefer a bigger name at DH. They have uh, dreams of spending money on guys like J.D. Martinez, you know? Um, Trey Mancini, who's currently in the World Series. Just a veteran in general to come in and add a little protection to the lineup. But I, I'm not, I don't want to spend the money on a DH. That's not what I want to spend it on. I would prefer to spend that money and the extra funds 
elsewhere. I'd rather spend it on a shortstop or a catcher or pitching, whether it's in the starting rotation or in, in the bullpen. I'd rather spend money on that. I think you've got guys that can hit already to fill that DH spot. I'm willing to give Yepes a crack at that job first and spend that money elsewhere. Yepes can hit. He has always hit everywhere he's gone. Just let him do what he does best. Let him hit. Like people who were giving him crap last year about his uh, play in the outfield. Not an outfielder, man. That's not what he does best. His best thing is his bat. Let him just hit. I don't see why that's a problem. And I never noticed in any of his at-bats last year that he looked overwhelmed by Major League Pitching. You know, Nolan Gorman, he looked overwhelmed, you know, in that last month that he was up on the team. Like, he wasn't touching anything. Yepes never came off looking like he couldn't handle whatever it was that the pitchers were throwing to him. He genuinely looked comfortable up there. And who knows what happens this year if he hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, think about the alteration of how things might have gone. Would would Pujols have gotten as many at-bats? Think about that for a minute. The team was ready to have him on the roster coming out of spring training until the Pujols signing happened. Like, Yepes was going to be on this roster. And then they signed Pujols, and he also, I believe he got hit by a pitch in spring training, and they were like, let's just put you down to Memphis, get your feet wet before we do anything like that. And he hit there, so they had to call him up. The organization believes him and believes in him. Ollie believes in him. I'm excited about his future. I think he's going to be the main DH heading into the 2023 season. If you have different thoughts than that and you think I'm wrong, by all means, let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Don't forget to do that. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You are the best fans of baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals. 